1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode 241 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. Yes, thanks for everyone who rated us five stars on Spotify. Last week after asking, so please do that again if you haven't already. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, The Wall 77 Club. And we've got a new logo again. Thanks for the people who commented, <laughs> tearing the last week's to absolute shreds. I've adjusted it slightly. New logo, it's staying like that now. It's not changing. Thank you very much for your feedback. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but Harry's internet seems to be holding up. I can't believe it. Uh, somebody came up to me in the game and said they actually found it hilarious that Harry's oh, Wi-Fi wouldn't work last week. So um, there you go. It takes all sorts. Uh, Jack Williams is here. Hi, everybody. And Dan Bayliss. Hello. Uh, Harry, let's start with Newcastle at home. Um, I think a performance that has has maybe been coming. Uh, lots of people said that if this is a Newcastle side, um, they're obviously in very, very good form, spent a lot of money on their squad. Uh, a couple of players missing, but I think it was a fantastic performance from Wolves. 2-2 draw. Yeah, and... Having Lamina back and Samada back was brilliant. I thought it helped massively. Um, especially Lamina, it was good to see him get his first goal as well. And I mean, the big talking point which we'll get onto is the, their penalty. But if it wasn't for that, I think we could have won. I think we deserve to win. And to take a team that are in the Champions League and have them on the back foot as much as we did, and I just thought we were brilliant. And we've got an identity now under Gary O'Neill. He's not a PE teacher, he's a great manager. <laughs> And yeah, it was a great night at Molyneux as well, although it absolutely pissed down. It was really good to be there, wasn't it? I thought we had a great night. 
Uh, it was one of those games, Jack, where I was so glad that we moved seats, didn't get wet once, obviously knew it was raining, looking out onto the pitch, but I mean, the amount of water that fallen outside the ground, unbelievable. Um, just what did you think of the performance sort of from your point of view? Uh, well, the first point is it's nice to pay £600 a year for a ticket and not get rained on. That's a little little perk that I know we haven't had for, for many years ourselves, given where we used to sit. Um, but um, overall performance, really, really pleased, to be honest, really, really pleased. And uh, it was just a good game as well. Like for the neutral watching that, for the late kickoff game, lots of times they don't live up to expectations, do they? But I think everyone thought it was a cracking game. Both teams going for it and uh, creating chances and having having good spells of, of pressure and obviously scoring goals as well, some good goals in there. Um, but yeah, particularly from our point of view, the performance was was really good. And again, against another difficult team at home, we've come, we've done done exactly what we needed to. Um, we've played exciting attacking football and been on the wrong side of another very controversial call, but twice got ourselves back into the game from being behind. And if it wasn't for a really unfortunate bit of bad luck, I think really, not just for the fact that Neto was injured, but the position that he pulled up in when we were basically, he was about to pull the trigger, wasn't he really? I think we'd have gone on to, to win the game and we'll have a really good chance of winning it. But, but after he went off, I think that five-minute breather that Newcastle got when he was being stretched off really helped them sort of regroup and and have a little bit of recovery, especially after playing midweek. But, you know, you can, you can only sort of go so far as to play the cards you're dealt. And we, we you know, we did really well under the circumstances of, of, you know, an unfortunate injury and being on the wrong side of another bit of a VAR shambles to be honest so full full credit to him because he's, he's got the team fighting hasn't he and the the performances and the results in weeks recent weeks have been really a good you know it's probably a a a plus he's pushing really with with everything going on which I didn't see coming if you go back to just just the week before the Man City game but you know with, with the way it's gone lately you know really 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 pushing up there for some really good performances so you can't fault him good game under lights at modern you Good point to take away. Could have been more, but it's so much to build upon now. And Bayless, you were with the Prawn Sandwich Brigade on this this very occasion. Um, Jose Sarr, we, we talked about a decision, and we'll talk about that in a, a minute with the, the penalty, but you've got to expect your keeper to do better. And I know that, that sort of keepers have maybe been overprotected in the past and it's sort of maybe just coming back round a little bit, but you expect him to deal with that sort of cross. Yeah, you would. And I... But I I mean, going back to everything I said, just in general, it was such a refreshing, positive performance. And yeah, you can pick faults in any game of football. There's 90 minutes where you're going to make mistakes and things don't go your way. Decisions will get onto. But I just thought it was it was just refreshing to watch. It was it was enjoyable. You sat there and you thought, we're going for this. Even when we went one down, within a couple of minutes, you thought, oh no, we've done the same thing again. We've been good and gone one down. Came back, fought for it. Um, I thought Wolves was superb. I can't, I can't really fault many people. Um, my man of the match is going to make you fall off your chair. It, it was, it, I really enjoyed it. It's it's one of the best nights we've had at Molyneux in a while. All bar the result that I personally think we got screwed by VAR. That's another absolute shocker, isn't it? Harry, absolute shocker. Agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, at the time. Um, I thought, oh, maybe in real time, but then seeing it on the telly and the concourse, like everyone was just like, not everyone went, no, there weren't one person who thought it was a penalty. And how, again, I don't know how they can come to that conclusion, but it's a joke. Just on Sar again, um, he did make a bit bit of a howler, um, but it, I thought overall he was pretty decent. Um, 
But yeah, he's got to cut those mistakes out, hasn't he? But yeah, the, the big talking point is VAR. And also, he's gone under the radar a little bit. It was really good to see Lamina get his first goal for Wolves, wasn't it? And it was just off a straight corner, another assist for yeah. Neto, yeah. But yeah, I just don't get how, after reviewing that, you can give it. It's just ridiculous. You know, it's bad, Jack, when Dermot Gallagher's in the Sky studio saying it shouldn't have been a penalty because, you know, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, he's trying to find a reason to, to side with the officials. It's at the stage now because you think how many times have we talked about VAR and we're what ten games into the season and we've had three or four decisions now go against us and I'm sure many other teams have had similar amounts that they can they can point at already that have just you know it seriously knocked some points off the board for us so far this season if you think about um, you know Man United you think about Luton you think about the other day then we could be absolutely buzzing and you know have a fair few more points and be sitting comfortably in the top half now which can make a difference to teams at the end of the season on this one specifically I just I just I, I don't really know what to say anymore and you have to sort of go back to ask yourself why is VAR there in the first place and if VAR is there in the first place to make sure you get the correct decision, then it's not being implemented correctly. Because what's happening now is they're watching these things back. And rather than going, has the ref got it right? Has the ref got it wrong? They're saying, has he got it wrong enough for us to change mm-hmm. it? Which, yeah. you know, right and wrong is an absolute, isn't it? So it's mm-hmm. they just they, they don't know what they're doing. They've implemented it terribly. It's As we said before, it seems to be run by absolute morons who just shout over each other most of the time. The fact that it took so long for them to make that decision knows that there's something wrong with it. So why you wouldn't even let the ref go and make the call himself from close up? Because you can see why he's bought it in real time. You can see that. I think what's happened basically is, everyone's seen it back a few times now, but Huang, Huang it's a mistake by Huang. He overruns the ball. He knows that. The ball then hits his standing leg. And he goes to kick it, but he pulls out the challenge last minute. But the Newcastle player goes and initiates the contact anyway because he knows he's going to buy it. In real time, I didn't think. I was like, where's the foul there? I didn't see it. See it. And when he, he thought it was a penalty, I thought it was a free kick at first, to be honest with you. Uh, just a free kick and that's that. But a penalty for that, it's you know, it's, it's a game-changing decision, particularly to put them back in front at the stage in the game. So we've got to come out and chase it again. And you go to, again, just go back to the question, like, what's what's the point? Because if the referee had just given that in real time, you think... Fair enough. If, there, if let's say VAR wasn't a thing, you'd say, okay, fair enough. You can see from the angle he was at, the Newcastle player was definitely looking for it. It's more understandable if he makes a decision in a split second. But when you've got three people looking at it in a, a screen afterwards and they look at it for five minutes and go, oh, yeah, no, no, ref, we'll go with the ref. That's right. It, it just defeats the whole principle of actually it being an, either, you know, a clear and obvious error or getting the result right. Um so I just don't know what to say or where to go with it, really. I'm still of the view, I think, that we talked about it so much now. It's ruining the game. Just mm-hmm. get rid of it so we can stop talking about it and you'll Jack. save yourself a Stockley Park electricity bill. <laughs> Jack, I think it's, it's it's twofold, isn't it? The, the first problem Like is, origami. More than that. Um, you can see the problem. That the whole point of this, as you said, is that it's there to it's designed to get these minimal decisions right by looking at it again. So you're, you're quite right in saying, if you look at that in full speed, you can see why a ref might give that as a penalty. But the whole point of the review system is to go, oh, well, if you actually look at this closely, that isn't a foul. So that's the whole point of it. So it's that sort of arrogance or stupidity that they're sticking with on-field decisions that the whole point of their entire purpose sitting in a shed in the middle of nowhere is to do that. The second one, and we've said this, and we've said it for over 12 months, the entire purpose of VAR is to make sure the bigger teams or the ones that are paying the money to keep the Premier League 
wherever it is, are getting these decisions. I can't think of a stinker VAR decision Wolves have had go their way. No, true. And what are we on? Two or three already this season against us? United. I probably said the Luton penalty and that Luton, one. Yeah. The free, well, Luton, the you, can't really say, you can't really say the Luton one because it's mm. Luton. But the United one and yeah. that one. We would never in an entire season get one like that, are we? I don't I can't think of it. Can you think no, of No, I one? think that's a really good point. I don't I can't think of We had the penalty at home. We've gone, oh, we've got away with that. We had the penalty at home a couple of years ago where two players crammed in on maybe Neto or someone. But it was just mm. like a bang on penalty that the ref didn't give and it was then it was a penalty. Other than that, I cannot think of an instant where you're like, Whoa, we've done well there. No. Mm. So, yeah, we, I'm yeah we've had the howler of, of cameras not being turned on or or anything like that. But it's, yeah, um, that's that, that's still the best one, I think. The fact that yeah. the cameras. No, I think. Working, but... I mean, I know they moan the most, but I think Liverpool's is the worst. Liverpool's yeah. at Tottenham is the worst one I've seen. So it does yeah. have the big clubs too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was thinking the worst one, one, worst one from a Wolves fan's point of view. The, the thing that winds me up as well is. Well, well, it doesn't wind me up, but it, I think it would wind up the coaching staff so much. Is they basically get real time replays like on mm -hmm. the TV screen on the bench. They're so both, both teams are looking at that, and they're they you know they obviously they're going to be biased towards their own team and their own player. But if you're if you're Gary O'Neill, you're there watching that. You're He's thinking they're mad. watching this back. Exactly, and who's that helping by getting them all rolled up because they've got the decision wrong? Uh, while whilst some people. 150 miles away actually make the call i don't see what it's helping one thing that would help i know we've said it before but a review system because if they saw that straight away and they said right you've got to review that because we think that's wrong then they look at it you know would they still say the same oh, thing God. i don't think they that's would an, i think that would change that's another it. Bit, yeah. five but, minutes added on but also imagine if it's pep that is wanting to review and then it then it even opens up the can of worms of of the corruption thing again even more that conversation oh. to go when you've got the, you, the, the top yeah, league true. managers reviewing everything did you see o'neill's comments o'neill was like i ain't bothered anymore they're just so bad i can't bother to even moan at them. <laughs> well that's the thing he's given <laughs> up hasn't he yeah, I'll tell you what, he's, his popularity in the last three weeks it's has gone skyward. Yeah. <laughs> quickest sky turnaround. Yeah. Like, I know football fans are fickle, but his turnaround has been nothing short and tremendous, has it, since that Ipswich and Luton Hell game. of a comeback, <laughs> isn't it? Jesus. <laughs> like, I mean, how close are we to the tinfoil hat brigade of being like, this is just a, it's, it's only sole purpose is to make sure the bigger side wins a game or gets yeah. a decision to give them a chance. I, I just think, it's like you said the other week, Bayless, I just think they're just really bad at their job. I just yeah, think that's what it is. I know they, and they've got unconscious bias towards the big clubs for a lot of the decisions too. But it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that's the thing because they've got this, because of all that happened at the start, because they implemented it so terribly at the start with the tight offsides, with, you know, rolling goals out for the tiniest little thing, which in real time look like nothing. They've set the, they've set themselves up for this now, where the fact they've thought, well, we can't keep doing that. It's annoying everybody. So now we only want to intervene when it's proper, clear and obvious to overturn the ref's decision. But if you're taking five minutes to reach that decision, you've still interfered with the game. So just get it right. So yeah, exactly. it's, 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 you just can't win, can you? I think it's, it's as soon as it takes a certain amount of time and you go past a certain time that has elapsed, it's like it's clear and obvious goes out the window for me. And that just never seems to be taken into account. I just don't understand it. I listened to... Um, oh, sorry about this, guys. No, no, go on. Keep going. Yeah, I, sorry. I, what I was going to say was I heard Alan Shearer talking about it and even he said like it wasn't a penalty. And he made the point, I think it was him, that Anthony Taylor is more senior than Gillett, whatever his name is, who was on VAR. So he kind of said, is it the fact that he didn't want to overrule someone who's more senior than him within the refereeing ranks 
So if that's the case, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like he did have the balls to call well. out like a more experienced referee. And that's that doesn't sound like I mean, I'm sure everybody here has a has a job and a, and a structure, but that doesn't sound like a healthy working environment. If no. you're even questioning that, if you're thinking, yeah. "Oh, can I overrule this bloke because he's uh, higher up than me?" Then it's not going to lead to, lead to good productivity, is it? And correct decisions and a good working environment. So yeah, I just think it's. They just can't be football people. I don't get how they come to these decisions. I think if you showed any competent football fan that goes to games and watches games of football, all of these decisions that have been wrong over the course of the last 12 months, I reckon they get 80 to 90% of them right in what the outcome should have been. I mean, the well, offside, I I mean, that pretty, offside was... Pretty... Pre VAR though, I don't, I don't, I think it was in the nineties certainly of, of getting decisions right. It was only the odd one where you know you were looking mostly. I think probably offsides were, were the were the problem. But I think yeah, uh, thing is when you go back or if you go back and and ask the question, do you want video assistant referee? Everybody say yes. Mm. And, 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 and it just, it just goes back to oh, the. Oh, it, it's on tape, so I don't, want to, <laughs> I don't want to say anything. But <laughs> well, it will be actually. That's a very good point. I don't know. Did we? I, I think when I was confident that they were applying the same rules to all offsides, actually, which I've never been that confident because I've always thought the moment you hit the ball, the camera angle and stuff, there's so much room for error here from what the pictures yeah. we're seeing. But ever since they've got that one wrong in the Liverpool Spurs game, that's yeah. sort of just thrown a shadow over that. The only th- other thing was goal line technology was implemented really well, bar that one for Bonnet Villa. Villa. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can, especially you can take one really big mistake every few years. But VAR for everything, I think unless it's cases of mistake and identity, they should just stop it now for the general game. It's, mm. it's mad though, isn't it? Because actually that that um, goal line, the Hawkeye for um, the Villa Villa and Sheffield United were, were yeah. the two that were, and and you look at the trajectory of those two clubs since it, and you think actually you know it could have had a massive impact, um, especially how obviously how well Villa are doing now. But I suppose you can't yeah. can't pin it on one moment. But you know the butterfly effect. Can I that. um can I just talk, say something positive? Yeah, we should we should talk about the positive. I was going to say how good was how good was Tossi for the goal. That's oh my god, Sam! Good. I was just about to say, was I pissed yeah. or did he turn into Lionel Messi for that? Equalizer? He did, yeah. Oh my life! You got to remember, you got you got to see first though. You see the flick from Lamina in the first place to give it oh, to him. Yeah. Yeah. Flick from yeah. Lamina, then on onto Totti, and then it's a it's a great goal by Huang as well. Isn't it? It's a great oh. He's on fire. The first touch, first touch. The bloke, the bloke could it? not trap a bag of cement last year. <laughs> he literally couldn't. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about people turning it around like Gary O'Neill. Like imagine him this time trying? last year. Everyone wanted him out, didn't they? And now everything he touches is turning to gold. Even though, Dan even Burns, though he didn't have his best game, to be honest, he didn't have a Dan great Burns, game. But he Burns ankles, moment. his ankles are still stuck in the turf in the box at Molyneux, aren't they? The way he turned it, he was on his ass. <laughs> he just, just went. He just kept going, didn't he? And obviously, the rain probably didn't help his help his case. But my he's God, still he's still going. going. He, he turned just won the gold medal in <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's do a man the match. We're dying to hear Bayless's, but we'll leave him to last. Uh, go for it, Harry. Um, I've just thought, well, he's not my man of the match, but I think we've got to say Tommy Doyle had a really good appearance, yeah, like cameo yeah. again. There's so many positives, he was brilliant. Um, man of the match, probably Lamina, first goal. Mm. Jack just mentioned that little flick. I thought there's a few, there's a few weren't there? The defence were half decent again. Um, I thought Kalajic yeah, looked good when he came on, actually. Just, yeah. It's just a shame that I've already mentioned. It's just such a shame what happened with Neto. It took the wind out of all the fan sales in the end. That's, yeah, that's going to be a real 
real blow to us. I know, I know. I've obviously everyone's been saying it, but obviously how great he's been. He's all his all his assists so far this season. He looks like a, a player reborn. So I feel really, really sorry for him. To be honest, it's it's going to be mm. a tough one, but it's really going to hinder us as well because we're not going to look the same threat now. I'll be brutally honest, as we, as we have been with having two wingers flying. It's going to need the team to really all chip in a little bit, but. Man of the match, I was going to say Lamina as well, Harry, so I will copy you and stick with that. Bayless. I thought Lamina was superb. Totti was good. Doyle, when he came on, was fantastic. But I, just watching the game, I thought Semedo is a, was just brilliant. He just did. I can't... Maybe yeah. one or two little mistakes in the game, but the way we built up our play and went down the wings... The way you got forward, moved the ball inside, created those triangles. I just thought it was great to watch. It was really entertaining football, which Wolves haven't been playing of the last year or so with all the manager changes. Do you know how, thought, do you know how it's got a really big shift in? The fans. Molyneux coming back, I'm telling you. The fans. Yeah, They're singing Gary O'Neill's name at the end, weren't they? Nothing like <laughs> a five and a half hour drinking session to get the. That's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Five and a half hour drinking session and two goals in the same match at home. But, you know, they don't make them like that. dreaming. <laughs> I, I just I on just bang, actually. Oh, go on, Jack. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just I did think Troy Ore looks a little bit off the pace, to be honest. I know he went off not long into the second half, but I think if you're looking for small negatives, he hasn't looked as uh, as on it as he did when he's come on for, off the bench in recent weeks. I think it's fair to say. But obviously, Tommy Doyle is looking, yeah, like a very shrewd signing because he, he can pass, which is brilliant. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and Belgard must be sort of upset yeah. with yeah. himself, I suppose, the way that he obviously got sent off against Luton. But, you know, do you see a, a, a way back into the side? Obviously, we're going to talk about Sheffield United next might be the game for him. But just on uh, Huang, there was two club records that I think he has uh, equaled or broken. Um, he's the first Wolves player to score six in the club's first ten top-flight games since. Can anyone guess? It's a about a fifty-year-old uh, record. Bully Richards. Fifty years, Harry. 50. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant he was fifty years old. As in the players, fifty years old. Dugan um, or Richards? It is Dugan, and and Richards is actually the other answer, and he's equal John Richards' fifty-year record. Right, I'm not doing the quiz. S- I'm done. In, <laughs> in six consecutive top-flight games at Molyneux, which uh, Huang will could beat um, if he scores against Spurs in a couple of weeks' time. Um, let's move on to Sheffield United. Uh, Harry, do you think it's safe to say that? Now, I don't want to jinx it. We're obviously going into it without our, our talisman in Neto, but are they turning into the whipping boys of the league? I've said it. Oh, dear, this is uh, what worries me. This is what worries me. I know they've only got one, I think it's one point, that's what they've got all season, isn't it? But I've watched them twice this season, and both of their games have been at their ground. They lost 2 1 to Man City, and Man City struggled, and they lost 2 1 to Man United, and Man United struggled. So, although on paper they look horrendous, which they probably are, I'm very worried about this game, especially not having Neto as well. I feel like because we're the favourites, we're better if we're the underdogs. Look at us at Luton. We were awful because we were, we were expected to go there and win. So if we're first half of Bournemouth, win, we were crap. Actually, first half we? of Bournemouth. So if we go into it with the mentality we're going to go there and win, I've got a really bad feeling about this game. But I don't know. It's going to be tough. And if we go five at the back, will they sit back and say, come on then? And we don't like that, do we? We want to be the ones that sit back and invite teams on. So it'd be interesting to see if we can break them down. It might be a game for Tommy Doyle to do that, to get on the ball and try and uh, break them down. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've got. I'm really worried about it. Um, maybe just to 
ease your worry a little bit. Uh, um, this is for Jack, really. Um, they've scored seven goals and conceded 29. Don't do it. Yeah, but if anyone can break a team's record, I mean, we gave Luton their first points as well, didn't we? <laughs> um, I, I agree with Harry, particularly Neto's going to be a really big miss. There's no way he's obviously going to be back in time for for Saturday. I think that, I think there was a he put a message out which suggested it might not be as bad as first thought, but we might be reading a little bit too much into that in terms of wishful thinking rather than actual um, science. But um, so yeah, this is going to be a tough one because. Also, just the way the league's shaping up, and I don't want to just get ahead of myself because we've been quite good lately and we've had a few results together to drag us into mid-table. But it's it's looking like the teams, there's four teams at the bottom, really, and you're thinking the three relegated sides are going to come from this group. And if nothing changes quickly, it's going to be a very potentially boring relegation battle if we get into Christmas and there's just four teams adrift of everybody else because you think you'd you know, be pretty certain it's going to be three from four. And I don't particularly want that to happen, but uh, not so much that I want us to knock it, not win on Saturday. So um, <laughs> we've, we've got to turn up and just be professional. And I, I, I agree with what Harry said. We do have a habit of just preferring to play better teams. That means we can play a bit more as well. We can, we can play on the counter. We can, you know, put our taxes into yeah. place a little bit better when we're expected to go and perform. I mean, look at even against Ipswich and teams like that, it, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't always happen. And we don't turn up. We're going to be missing our best player so far this season. It, it could be a potential banana skin because Sheffield United will be looking at this game thinking, right, if we have any chance of staying in this league, these are the sorts of games where we've got to start picking up points in. So they're going to make it very difficult for us. Um, that said, we've got enough quality to go there and beat them. We should should do. We should be confident because of the way we played in the last few weeks. But it's it's just one of those where you just you'll know after about fifteen minutes how it's going to go. I think. Um, Bayliss, I think you have a little bit of a family interest with Sheffield United. Is it the essentially the brother-in-law that is? Um, well, well, I say brother-in-law, but none of you will pull your finger out and actually put a ring on it, will you? So who's been who's been taking the longest? Is you, isn't it? Is it, uh, it ten years? Ten, me, ten years? Me by about five years, I think. Wow, incredible! <laughs> You're the canary down the mine for him. Um, have you spoken to him too much? Or is he optimistic? Is is he saying actually, what Harry had said, or is he saying it's a big pile of shite? I actually haven't said a word. Um, I, I'm really funny about these games and like tempting fate, even though I know it's going to have no impact whatsoever what we say here or mm-hmm. anything you say in the in the prologue to it. But ah, oh, Jack's so right. It's either going to be one of those games where they have to go for it because these are the games they've got to win to stay up. And that means they open themselves up and we batter them because they're too open. Or it's going to be a shithouser and someone will win it 1-0. Uh, Harry, what what will those changes be? I mean, there's there's going to be obviously at least uh, one change with Neto. So, I mean, who comes in, in for him in the beginning? Um, well, if we keep playing the way we've been playing, he's kind of been like on the right wing, hasn't he? Is it, It's either going to be Sarabia or Belgard, maybe? They're the only... Uh, well, he ain't going to start Fabio or something like that, is he? So, if it, if I had to put my life in it, it would probably... Well, saying that, Belgar's been injured, hasn't he? He was injured. Um, I don't even know if he was on the yeah, bench, yeah. was he? So, yeah. I think probably, Sar- probably Sarabia. Yeah, potentially. That's that's what I think it might be, or Tommy Doyle, maybe. But then you have to change the system about it if Tommy Doyle starts. Maybe he goes in behind Huang and Cunha. And, you know, I was going to say, well, do, you, do you think they would be... Uh... Cunha comes in on that right-hand side and someone maybe. like is given a chance. Gets, but, that's maybe. a good shout, yeah, maybe that. But Cunha's been so good in the middle. I know he hasn't scored yeah. the most goals, but what he does there, um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's got to be a, 
interesting to see what Gary O'Neill does. But he's the best manager in the league, so I trust it. I trust him. <laughs> On we, we forgot about Cunha a little bit, haven't we? But like, just even from the weekend, like if he could finish, he'd be playing mm. for bloody like a top four club because he's just it's well yeah <laughs> can't say brazil obviously because he got called up but um he's just it's just a shame that he just doesn't seem to have that end product does he but um you know no, but they, like i say like the play is incredible for your national side especially when they are as good as as brazil you know they're always there thereabouts aren't they so that they're, they're managers that see something in him obviously play, paid a lot of money for him great shout in the um, comments i like that shout from ray uh ray says oh I think me and Harry did it at the same time then. Or, we did. <laughs> <laughs> went on left, right, and Norwich to play as Neto. Not a bad shout. Not a bad shout at all. I like that. On the right. Yeah. I, I think that given this injury has happened, if I was Kaladzic and the way that I've come on and impacted games from the bench, and now a forward player has been injured, I'd be thinking, I think I deserve a start here. I deserve to get into the team. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind having a rethink and starting to build the team around a big, big man up top, you know, and, uh, Having to play, you know, if, if it means Huang playing a little bit less wide potentially or rethinking it some other way, I don't know. But I think, yeah, I'd, I would be all right for happy with that happening. Uh, let's do a score prediction, Bayless, unless you've got anything to add. No, nothing further. Um, I'm just going to be pessimistic and say a draw, but I'll go 2 0 Wolves. Harry? I think a 2 2. Jack? 1-0 Wolves. It won't be anywhere near as easy as it probably should be on paper, looking that they've lost the last seven games or whatever it is. And I think it's come at a good time, hasn't it, really? Because I was looking at the last international break of the season, I think, is the 18th of November or around that time. Um, so we've got an international break to come. Obviously, this game against Sheffield United and then the Spurs game. So, you know, I think in for Neto coming back and all, I don't think we're really expecting to do anything magical against Spurs, although stranger things happened, especially at Molyneux this season. So uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, I'll go with uh, Jack on this one, actually. A cheeky 1-0. But Bayless has got your betting odds. Do. Um, we are the wrong side of even money and favourites to win the game. Which I think it's the first time in the league this season. don't know about Luton, but I we're just shy of even money. Sheffield United are nearly 3-1 to one to win at home, which is just staggering uh i did one of those little bet builders based on someone was going to be negative and say a draw so i i went with a draw start to make four or more saves under two and a half goals and over 10 corners in the game only 20 to one it's not a lot of value because wolves are no wolves are quite pretty strong favorites so a couple of scorecasts just to keep you interested cunha to score first two one wolves is 30 to one a 2 0 Wolves with a Craig, a Craig Dawson header. Doesn't have to be a header. Um, Dawson first goal, 95 to 1. And Harry, I thought you were going to say it this week, so I've done one for you. 4 1. Huang Chan to score first, 4 1 Wolves. Oh, 200. It won't be that great. Yeah. Nah, 120 to 1. Oh, my God. Wow. God, that's, that's mad. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially, yeah. <clears throat> Although, yeah, given given their their form, I suppose they got tanked five by by Arsenal in the last time out. Um, thank you very much for that. Um, I just want to talk about. I mean, Harry's pointed it out the um, the Christmas Eve fixture that I think has has been splitting fans' opinion. Um, 
what, what do you think of it, Harry? Because obviously you're coming at it from a little bit of a different angle. You know, you've got kids and the whole um, dressing up as a fat man um, <laughs> and, and drinking. And Santa. <laughs> drinking alcohol next to it whilst <laughs> children sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when we did the podcast last week, it weren't confirmed, was it? It was just rumoured. I think it's terrible. I really do. Um, there's going to be a lot of resales. It's not just people with kids. It's people travelling up to see families who live far away, isn't it? Christmas Eve's quite a big travelling day, isn't it? Like to go to places where you're going to spend Christmas Day. It's a mm-hmm. day people like to spend with their families as well. So, yeah, it's... um. It's poor. They should they should change it. And I really feel sorry for the Chelsea fans. I don't thought I'd be saying that, but I can't imagine what the train, trains would be like. And it's just stupid. It just proves again that the Premier League and the the broadcasters do not give a shit about the fans. They just want to get what they want. Don't they? And one o'clock on Christmas Eve, I get people who live really close to the ground, like proper local supporters who live two minutes from the stadium, don't really care. But for people who live, I don't know, even like an hour or two hours away. It's just not good, is it? It's just not good at all. One of those, Jack, isn't it? I mean, who's going to be, apart from Chelsea and Wolves fans, really fighting for a seat in a pub to watch it? I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's disgraceful, really. I agree with uh, everything that Harry said. And I think the, the general reaction from all football fans, those who actually go to games, has been negative because, you know, Christmas is a time for family. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are family orientated. Boxing Day is a day for sport. That's how that's how it should go, really. I think. And by family, do you mean drinking? <laughs> yeah, Christmas is a time it. for drinking. No, Chris, Boxing Day is a time is the the day for the adults, and Christmas is you know for the families and the kids and everything, isn't it? So, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do here. It'd be nice if everyone just protested and didn't watch it, because if it, nobody watched it, then uh, they wouldn't do it again, would they? But I don't think that'll happen. And it's kind of annoying, really, because as, as I said, I think the reaction from anybody who really goes to games has been generally negative. The people who are okay with it, the people who don't go, have got nothing else to do on Christmas Eve and just watch it on telly. Or Americans seem to be very for it because they, their holidays are always covered in sport, aren't they, really? They like have Thanksgiving Christmas is a great... day games. Well, there you go, then, exactly. So they, yeah. they, they think they they think it's obviously probably uh, they're more used to it than we are. Um, but from a, from a personal perspective, a lot of people also like celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve because like my, my girlfriend's family are Polish. Their Christmas Eve is our Christmas day. But... <laughs> uh, if I got this from the, uh, actually, Bayes, I haven't had your thoughts actually. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts? A couple of mince pies, 12 pints of Guinness ruin Christmas day. We're in. It's like the old days. <laughs> um, got this in the times, um, word of mouth. I'm not happy because on the 23rd, I have to travel to Wolves. I believe I'm not going to convince her to come with me. It's Mauricio Postino who's upset the Wolverhampton Tourism Board by doubting that his wife will want to spend their wedding anniversary in the city ahead of Chelsea's <laughs> Christmas Eve game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's that's you have to also think about the players, don't you? Because I know they get paid very well, but they also have very busy schedules and a lot of them are going to be in training all over Christmas on Christmas Day because I know our game on Boxing Day has been moved now, hasn't it, as a result of this. But, you know, can you not give them a break as well? Just a couple of days. I know they'll still be in training, but um, not having to, you know, travel across the country because why can't we just play on the Saturday? Nobody have a problem with playing on the 23rd. Sunday Mm -hmm. is then Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day and then crack on again Boxing Day. That's great. Everyone loves how congested the, you know, uh, English football... um, is is over Christmas? It's part of the fun, yeah. but there is it's a line. Right. Christmas, and, isn't it? It's, it, you know. But 
like what's what's going to happen there because I, I don't think many of us like, are going to be there from a personal point of view there'll be so many tickets sold back for that and people just just not going out of principle so there'll be loads of empty seats probably on the telly um so yeah, I don't know what to do with it really but it's just a stupid decision it's a decision that's just made one of these things that just starts to tick you off because it's just made out of greed rather than out of consideration for either the players or the fans to be honest very good point um, let's move on to FFP. It looks like, uh, this according to John Percy at Telegraph, Wolves are set to avoid punishment by the Premier League after their remarkable £140 million summer sale of players. Um, Harry, Jeff's a genius. We don't know what we're talking about. Actually, I don't think I had a go at the board, so I'm I'm king of the world. Yeah, it all just worked out brilliant, hasn't it? And I think the, uh, the Nunes deal helps. But yeah, super Jeff. I never doubted him. <laughs> We, we, I mean, because how, how good it's been the last five weeks or so, it's so hard to go back to all that negativity in the summer. But um, it's working out okay, isn't it? It's working out okay. I still think uh, they said they were after a striker in January, didn't they? And hopefully we've got a little bit of money um, because of those sales to try and get a striker in. Because let's be honest, Fabio Silva is about as much use as a chocolate ashtray. So we'll be trying to get a new striker in. I forgot he played for us. Um, Jack, a, a massive stroke, obviously helped by the the money washing around in the Saudi Pro League and probably the the little bit of lateness tax that was put on Mateus Nunes. Yeah, you, you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it as a complete master plan, but we wouldn't be saying that if we were sat bottom of the league now. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's looking like the tail in the Premier League, which we all predicted actually is very long this 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 year and. Look at the way the table is shaping up at the moment. We could stay up with about 25 points, to be honest, but maybe that's a bit disrespectful to the teams at the bottom right now. But, you know, the start would potentially suggest that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the plans worked. Was I confident in it as it was happening? No. Am I confident it's a master stroke rather than also a fair big stroke of luck, particularly with Gary O'Neill? I think it probably was as well. But whatever, as you say, we're happy at the moment. If it means we can start reinvesting now and get this... Uh, get this off our back, then it's a good thing all round. Bayliss, uh, I mean, you would have been very, very upset, I think, if we'd have been hit with some sort of fine or something, if the books hadn't have been balanced in the way that they needed to be, but some good news. Well, yeah, we're like Everton. We're in that group of clubs where we'd get dot points and find millions of pounds because we're not Man City. But We've got lucky with it, I think, a little bit. The fact that Neto and has come back from the injury and Wang started firing has saved a lot of blushes in the Wolves boardroom. But yeah, fair enough, they've done the job. They've just got to get to the end of the season and um, hopefully there's a big war chest ready to go again. Yeah, I suppose that's what it boils down to. But again, you know... you. Hopefully they'll they would back who I imagine would be Gary O'Neill, but you know things can change pretty quickly in football, can't they? Like Harry always says, you know we're we're a fickle bunch, um, but it's nice to play around with the with, with the cash if you if you get the opportunity to. Um, let's move on to a quiz. Harry has a quiz which is not quite the best quiz in the world like a couple of weeks ago, but it's the second best quiz in the world. Yeah, it's a Sheffield United related quiz. Wolves Sheffield United. So as you can imagine. The first round is about 2003. But I'm going to change it up. Yes, Bayless is going first. Jack's going second. Sam's going third. Just to change it up a little bit. Change this fuck all for me, mate. That's the question nice. one, Bayless. Nice and easy. In 2003, player final. Who was the manager for Sheffield United? <laughs> it was Warnock, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Oh my god, that's so easy. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah, easy. Well done. I just didn't like double guess myself. Yeah. I was. I just struggled with that. Nice and easy, Jack. Name the three Wolves goal scorers from that day. Three now. Kennedy, Blake, Miller. Correct. Well done. Bit tougher, Sam. I'm sorry. Name the three assisters from that day. So, who got the three assists for those goals? A bit tougher. Quite a tough one. That a one. Lot tougher. Uh, Miller. Yes. Well done. Uh, Ray. No. No. That's close. It was Miller for the first. Ince mm -hmm. flicked the, the one on for Blake. And then it was Newton who crossed it for Miller. Sorry, you got stitched a bit there. That's a tough one. A-list. Sorry, you're off my <laughs> Christmas card list. <laughs> Which former Wolves defender who made 39 appearances, scoring five goals for Sheffield United in the 2000-2014 season? Who was it? Used to play for Wolves, centre-half. Played one season for Sheffield United in 2013-14 season. God. Are you played in that game? No, no, no. We're just back to normal. Oh. Now. What years? Former Sorry. Wolves defender. He played for Sheffield United between 2013 and 14 season. One season. 39 appearances, five goals. Centre half for Wolves. Was at Wolves for a long time. Five goals is a good return, isn't it, for a centre-back in the season? Yeah. He could have been playing midfield back then, actually. That's a clue, isn't it? Come on, Bayless. That's a clue and half, that is. For the <laughs> oh, did Cody have a year there, did he? Ah, oh, there we go, Cody. There you yeah. go. I shouldn't have given you that clue, should I? <laughs> Jack. Oh, this is a tough one. On the 14th of September 2020, when we're in full lockdown and eating full Englishes and drinking bottles of whiskey every day, Wolves opened up the season, beating Sheffield United 2-0 away. Raul Jimenez scored after three minutes. Who put Wolves 2-0 up after six minutes, winning us the game? Well, the lockdown's a blur now, isn't it? Um, up, up. Could you what was that, sorry? It was a Wolves defender. Wolves defender. Willy Bolly. Ooh, no. Close. In my head. No. Are you want to guess, Bayless? I'm drawing a blank on that. It was Sace. Uh, it's going to be Sace or Bolly, yeah. wouldn't it? One of the two. This is for Sam. Name of the former Wall striker who played for Sheffield United between 2016 and 2020, making 88 appearances, scoring 29 goals. Former Wall striker. When did he play for Wolves? Uh, he started off in like 2003, left, then come back. Chef. Oh, I, got I can't. It. I can't. I've got it. Let Sam go. Uh, no, I don't know. It's big, thick Leon Clark. Leon Clark, yeah. <laughs> well done. Okay. Back, yeah, background to Bayliss. Yeah, so former Wolves defender. He was on loan from Fulham in 2017. At the end of that season, he left for Sheffield United in 2017. Who was it? Former Wolves defender. Struggling big time. I'll pass it because I just don't know. Bit of a legend at Wolves. 
was on loan from Fulham. But he played for us permanently in the McCarthy era as well. Pass. Yeah. Um, 2017, did you say? Yeah. He technically so left who... Fulham, but he was on loan for us full season. Or half the season. So who left and came back then? Yeah, he left and came back to us here on loan. Is this obvious? Should we know this? Yeah. Did you give up? No. Um, How long did he stay after he came back? Just that season. Well, half a season, I think it was. Half a season? Okay. Someone's uh, got so it in the comments if you want to read it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Richard Stearman. Richard. Well, done, well done, Richard, ironically. Richard, God, mm. Richard Stearman. So at the moment it's two one zero. Um Jack. For me, isn't it? No, that was to Bayless, that question. No, that was Bayless's, yeah. That was yeah. It. Yeah. Jack. Sheffield United. I mentioned this game the other week. We beat Sheffield United away 2 0 in League One on their 125 year anniversary. Abe Edwards got the second goal for Wolves, but which former Wolves winger opened the scoring for us that day in the League One season? <sighs> March winger, winger. Well, um, Jacobs. Oh, so close! It was James Henry. Uh, ah, oh. it was one or the other, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sam, to get this is one, but to get on the board, Sam. Which former Wolves player who started made his debut for Wolves in 2011 under McCarthy moved to Sheffield United on loan in 2014, but currently plays for Wrexham? Anthony Ford. Yes, well done. Bayless takes the win, 2-1-1. Very good. Well done, Bayless. Congratulations. You win the 77 Club car sticker. Uh, We'll say goodbye then to Harry Mansell. Sorry about my lag towards the end, but it's a bit better this week. (laughs) What did you you improve? What did you change? Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. Closer. (laughs) That helps. Ever so so slightly (laughs) closer to the Wi-Fi. Thank you for that quiz. Uh, Goodbye from Jack Williams. Bye. And Dan Bayliss. Goodbye. And it is a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.